0: so grateful this morning that the Lord is a loving Savior and He's a loving Shepherd. Am I coming through okay? There we go. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Are we good? you hear me in the back? Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, if we haven't had the pleasure of meeting yet, hopefully we have. I, I try to meet every new guest that comes in and welcome you into the pool. My name is Josh Comas and it's my privilege to be the lead pastor of Living Hope Church. Uh, just so thankful and encouraged what God is doing in this church. If you're new to us, we are a church plant, so we just sprouted down. We launched, uh, let's see, not even two months ago, not even two months ago. We started, uh, or maybe it was exactly two months ago, September 18th, and you'll see here that God has been growing a core of people who call on his name, who love him, who are seeking to learn more about him and grow and And so you don't have to come in and worry about any kind of established church traditions or or cultures. You come as you are. We'll be who we are. And it's exciting to see the Spirit of God uh, bring hearts together uh, for such a time as this. We believe that God planted us in this community to share the good news, the living hope of Jesus Christ with everyone. And, And we're so glad that you get to be a guest with us this morning. I'll catch up to speed on where we've been because an important part of our worship service is teaching from the Word of God sharing. This is what God has said. This is what applies to your life. This is what will change your life and give you hope for your day. And our series that we've been going through is called The Church. Who are we? Because like I said, we, we just started. And so we're learning this together. We invite you into the journey. We're unpacking the identity of the church from First Peter. So if you have a Bible, turn to 1 Peter. If you need a Bible, we have them in the back. I'm sure you could use your phone. You're very tech savvy. Uh, Most of you are these days. And uh, turn to 1 Peter, which is a book about uh, or a letter written to exiles, Christians who are kicked out of their homeland, uh, uh, fired from their jobs, uh, evicted by their landlords and had to leave town because of religious persecution. And Peter's writing this letter. He's an apostle of Jesus Christ. He was one of the disciples that saw him crucified and risen from the dead. And he's writing a letter to encourage them. And so God has a message for them. He has a message for you, wherever you've come from, wherever you go, wherever you're going. And we see that there's a few titles used for the people of God. Here's what we saw so far. First of all, we are hope filled children. If you know Jesus Christ as your savior this morning, your heart can be full of hope. No matter what you're going through, because you are a child of God. We also see that we're called to be people of the word. People who stick to the teachings of Jesus through thick and thin, through cultural sway, uh, one way or the other, we stay on the word. We also see that we're a spiritual house, one that God is building brick by brick with, 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 not with wood and things that can burn, but with people, the people of God. It's a living house, a spiritual house. We also see that we are a holy people. doesn't mean we're holier than now. We're certainly not better than anyone else. But holy means God has just set us apart by his grace and loved us. There's a difference between a believer and an unbeliever in our relationship with God. So we've seen what familial terms, we've seen literary terms, architecture, whole bunch of different analogies, and now we turn to a comparison in the animal kingdom. Now, I would hope if God's gonna call me one of the animals, okay, call me something like a lion. Maybe a polar bear. That's my favorite animal. I like polar bear. Any, any polar bear fans here? Okay, I'm sure you, you probably have a favorite animal when you go to the zoo. You should because it's just amazing to see God's creative handiwork. That's not the flattering term that God uses to describe us, though, unless perhaps your, your favorite animal in the animal kingdom is a lamb or a sheep. You'd probably be one of the few. It's not such a flattering term as we think of it because it's one of the animals in the livestock family that requires incredible care and oversight. Studies show uh, a sheep that is protected by a shepherd and cared for and loved on will live twice as long and have a healthier coat and have a healthier life than one that is not. And, and, and that's if a, if a sheep is not killed early by a predator, right, because there's no one to protect, no one to guard. So they need care, they need oversight if they are to thrive, they need eyes looking out for them. And we are called, in the book of 1 Peter, the flock of God. We're called a bunch of sheep. Doesn't that just thrill you this morning? <laughs> it doesn't make my, my ego feel really good, to, but, but you have to take it in context. And here's our main point for this morning. And if you're taking sermon notes in the new bulletins, thank you so much, Lacey, for designing those. I know it took a lot of time. They look good. They they allow us to stay organized and communicate with us. She does so much. I I really appreciate my wife. Uh, She's amazing. But if you're taking notes, here's the main point. We are the flock of God. And we need godly leadership. We are the flock of God, and we need godly leadership. So let's look at what I'm talking about. We go to chapter 5. And, and Peter actually addresses the flock of, or not uh, not the flock, the leaders of the flock of God, the pastors, the shepherds. But through this text, it's not just a message for pastors; it's a message for the flock as well. We learn so many lessons from that. But let me remind you, Isaiah fifty-three six tells us that all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. This is not a new term. Peter's not making something. This is from. Days of old, when God was working it through his people Israel to shine a light. Isaiah 53, the the passage of the suffering servant. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every single one of us to his own way. Isn't that what sheep do? (laughs) They get lost. They wander. They get hurt. And the Lord has laid on him, this is the coming Messiah, the iniquity of us all. Because of our wandering. We need to be brought back to the fold. And who better to bring us back to the fold than the good shepherd? He says there's no greater love than to lay one's down, one's life down for his friends. That's exactly what Jesus did. He says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And if you're a Christian this morning, that's because you started as, as a sheep and then you realize, oh, I need. I need to follow the shepherd and I can trust his voice because he, he gave himself for me on the cross and you follow him. So we're still sheep, but now we have a shepherd for our soul. He's going to guide us safely home. That's what he does. First Peter 2 19 tells us the precious blood of Christ was like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. So even Jesus, he's compared to a lamb, not because he was dumb and wandering, but in the Old Testament, you would have to bring a spotless lamb, a lamb without any defects, for to offer up a sacrifice on behalf of your sins, the sins of your family. Jesus willingly became that sacrificial lamb, the lamb of God, to take away the sins of the world. And then Peter tells us in chapter 2, verse 25, you were straying like sheep, but now you've returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your, of your souls. And I wanted to display that video for us, the Lord's the Lord is my shepherd. What a great song. But we don't work with sheep a lot in our context and our culture. So it's nice to see a video that's, that's, okay, what does it look like when a flock is following the, sh- the shepherd and, and he's guiding them and leading them? We are the flock of God. And because we put our faith in Jesus, he is my shepherd. I know I will lack nothing because Jesus is in charge. He knows us. He calls us by name. He spilled his blood to save us. He is guarding us and he promised to come back for us. What a promise. So I can stay close to him and and I must stay close to him. Every day I can get in his word. I can grow through prayer. He gives me everything that I need for my spiritual journey. A church family to connect and grow with and to use my gifts and abilities to serve, to love others, to reach my neighbor's. With the good news. The hope continues on. It gives us everything we need for our spiritual journey. And yet, we have to admit, if we are sheep, we have to continue admitting our need for spiritual leadership. I can stumble my way into heaven. If if you just put your faith in Jesus and then you go out and you just live for yourself and wander around, that's one way to do it. But you're going (laughs) to... You're a gift heaven with not a whole lot to show for it. Like a sheep that's been wandering in the wilderness and hasn't been fed its whole life. What a sad looking sight. Now Jesus wants us to be well fed, well cared for sheep. So stay close to spiritual leadership that can help you live according to the word. John Maxwell, well known leadership expert. He's a believer. Um, he, he preaches on occasion at his church. He says everything rises and falls on leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And in Peter's day, the believers face a lot of persecution and fear and, and displacement and unsettlement. They're scared. They're nervous. Hey, what? who's going to help guide us right now as we await Jesus coming back? Are there any spiritually mature ones that can help lead and guide and navigate the complexities of living in a fallen world as we await the coming kingdom of God? And here and now, Jesus has actually given us a gift. He's given a spiritual leader, certain members of the flock, to lead the church, to help our souls. So I'm going to read 1 Peter 5, 1 to 5 for us and see who is this gift that Jesus gives us. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you. Elders and not, clothe all of you with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. What a good gift. God knows us better than we know ourselves. He has provided spiritual leadership. Point number two, we need Spiritual leadership, and I know, I know how it goes, we typically only want to know who the leaders are when things aren't going right. When when you're at the restaurant and and the waitress has just totally treated you rudely, the service has been unprofessional, the food has been unacceptable, the chicken's raw, I would like to see your manager, please. (laughs) Right? I want to talk to who's in charge. You didn't really care who was in charge as long as your food was cooked right and it came to the... But now, this is not acceptable. I want to follow the chain of command. I want to know who's in charge. And and I'm thankful that as a church, we don't have to wait till there's a crisis or something terrible is going on. Like, who who do I go to? Who can help shepherd me? Okay, we're going to talk about it while things are good. (laughs) Praise God. And by God's grace, we want to continue to grow in unity and faith. But who is in charge? Remember, ultimately, who's the chief shepherd? It's Jesus. He's the only authority. And that's why in this church, and it should be in every true biblical church, the word of God is the authority. It's not the guy with the microphone. It's the word. It's not me. It's it's the one who gave his life and bought every single one of us. I need a shepherd. And, And a shepherd is only as good as he follows the chief shepherd. But those who follow the shepherd, there are some, you see God's hand on them. They're growing in spiritual maturity. They are the first ones to say, hey, I don't have the answers to this. We need to pray. They're the first ones to say, hey, I messed up. I said, please forgive me. They're, they're humble. They're approachable. These leaders are called under shepherds, <laughs> pastors or, or, or shepherd, but with a lowercase S because they're not the chief shepherd. And there's three terms used in verses one to two to figure out the identity of of these leaders. It's all addressing the same person. Here's the terms. Okay. Presbyteros, poimenos, episkopos. So three different words. And you might have kind of heard these before. Okay. So presbyteros, Presbyterian. Have, have Have you heard of that denomination? Okay, they kind of organized around a very, very rigid approach to training church leadership and relying on church leadership. I got to tell you, we're not Presbyterians, but I really respect the extensive process that a Presbyterian has to go through to be a pastor. It is no joke. You don't just show up one day and say, hey, give me the microphone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed the flop. Oh, no. We're talking years in the making and training. They take godly leadership seriously. I'm thankful for our Presbyterians. I'm not one of them, but I'm thankful for that that approach. And I think we also need to have that mindset. You know, leadership doesn't happen overnight. This is a life pattern of following Jesus. That first word, Presbyteros, literally means elder. So so you might think, okay, so so the older ones in the flock, those are the ones we should be following. Not necessarily is speaking about spiritual maturity. Remember, Paul tells Timothy, let no man despise you for your youth, but be an example with your life. Okay, so that is the maturity. That is the the elder, those who are who are mature in the faith, you can't be new to the faith and be a shepherd. Because Paul says in First 1 Timothy one and first and, Timothy three and Titus one that if you're young in the faith, it might be easy for you to, to get off course or to get proud and and knock back, and then you're leading people astray. You need to be established to have a a life pattern of following Jesus. We see that term used in Acts 15 and 16, talking to the spiritual leaders of the church in Jerusalem and abroad. Peter calls himself a fellow elder. Do you notice that Peter doesn't call himself like a pope or I'm a super elder and I'm talking down to you, therefore, you know, I have extra authority. He says, no, I'm... I'm coming alongside you here as a fellow pastor because I know, I know the dangers that you're facing. I know the struggles and the burdens and the sleepless nights caring for the flock and praying for them. You're on your knees. I I come alongside you and I want to encourage you to keep on. Keep shepherding. Some more qualifications for these men if you want to bookmark 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. I do believe that scripture calls uh, spiritually mature men to be pastors leaders who are following Jesus, who look like Jesus, that there should be a plurality of them. So there's no one person that has all the gifts to lead the church. I lean on Pastor Dennis, he leans on me, and you know what, we lean on all of you as well. Because we're not above you, we are in the flock with you. We, we lead along with the flock. If you guys aren't with us, guess who we're leading the pastoring? Nobody. <laughs> so this is a group effort. And as we work together for the kingdom, you build us up and we build you up. Now, here's why I think, um, for example, why does, why, does, why does Christ call men to be pastors over the church? I think if you look at was it, Ephesians 5.25, here's a, here's a good example. Okay, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, we are called to literally lay down our lives for our wives. No exceptions. We give up everything so that she flourishes. So that she, as a daughter of God, Lord willing, and as a priest in the kingdom of God, she flourishes. Like, she doesn't depend on me for flourishing. She depends on Jesus for flourishing. But my goal, my aim, when I made a covenant with my wife, is to help her become more like Jesus. And I'll give up everything I have to do that. So why, does, why, why are leaders... Uh, why, why is that a qualification for leaders? Because, Paul says, you have to have a track record of love and faithfulness. If I'm not loving and leading my family well, what would make you think I would have any ability to help shepherd all of you all? It's literally a qualification. Look it up. 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1. A qualification... Leading your family well. And if you think that's not a sobering thing, a burden that I wear a lot, am I leading my family well? Am I discipling my wife towards Jesus? Are we training our children in the way they should go? It draws me to my knees. It helps me to pursue Jesus when I remember my most important disciples are at home. That out of the strength of the home i'm able to help and encourage and shepherd other homes i'm not preaching something to you that i'm not humbly by god's grace trying to follow as well we lay our lives down for the sheep it's a huge responsibility to shepherd the flock of god and i know not everyone thinks you know some think that you know women can be pastors Hey, they're brothers and sisters in Christ. I love them. Uh, I I think the text says it, it needs to be a man, and so that's how we have our convictions at this church. But what's important is that God is prioritizing relationships over giftedness. Right? People over power. I don't care how gifted of a speaker someone is. If he's a jerk to his family at home, get him off the platform. And if that ever comes to a place in my life, I have fellow elders, one for right now, Lord willing, we raise up more soon, more who are keeping an eye on me and say, hey, Josh, we noticed some things in your life, some concerns in your life, and because we in humility submit to one another, we want to encourage you, focus on what's most important. We all need shepherding. We all need godly leadership, pastors especially, because we are stewarding God's people he's coming back by the way he might come back today and I have to give an account for this message that I'm preaching to you at this moment and how I'm living it out and how I'm preaching to you every single example I've ever set in my life so how do we apply this so far I think well first of all man this makes me really thankful for every pastor I've ever had because now I realize what they've all had to go through in order to plant a church to love people To care for the hurting, it requires a life sacrifice. Thank God for godly leaders. And I know, the news is full of examples of all the bad ones. And maybe you've been hurt by one. And it breaks my heart that there are leaders out there that use their influence to hurt or push down or belittle people or work them to death. That is not the spirit of Christ. We are here to serve and to lift up. That's my only role. And my goal is to be faithful in this ministry and love you well, so at the end of my days, I can give you back to Jesus. And, I don't know, you might not be the most well-fed sheep from all of human history, but I don't, I don't want you looking scruffy and beat up and gnarled on, all right? We're going to keep those wolves at bay. We're going we're gonna to help you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to lead you well. And I want you all to, to keep me honest. Fact check my sermons take notes. And if you have questions, bring it back to me. And in small group, we discuss it because we're trying to grow together. Now, lastly, I want to look at the job description of the church shepherds. I want to get into the details because this also affects you all and how you live and how we operate as a flock. So the job description of a church shepherd is to feed them and lead them. We're going to feed them and lead them. And so that word shepherd, as tending the flock, literally as a shepherd would. And what does the shepherd do? Psalm 23. He leads them beside the still water. So sheep don't get jumpy and antsy. And the, okay. I, I, I can't stand preachers that, that make it about their ego and they just like to yell from the pulpit. Is that is that how you, you all like to eat your meal? You know, maybe you know you're getting dinner out with friends, and you've got just pounding music in your ears, and and the waiter short with you, and it's like, oh, this is the best dinner I've ever had. It's <laughs> digesting so well. No, no, no. You like it relaxing, right? The ambiance is really important. Well, your food served warm—that's really important. And like a chef, pastors are called to serve up a meal that can be digested well, so it can be lived out. I don't decide what's on the menu. Like some of you, like some of you uh, moms, grandmas, maybe even some of you dads, you get in the kitchen, you help out, only if you're invited. Okay, that's 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 the rule. Okay, no, only if you're invited, you can you can help out. But I don't I don't get to set the, set the menu. Oh, am I going to teach the word today? Am I going to throw in some opinion here? No, the menu is set. But God gives us wisdom as we as pastors talk about where is our flock at. How do we lead them to where they need to go? What diet should we feed them now so that they're strengthened and nourished and they can take that next step spiritually? So I'm going to let you know, Pastor Dennis and I have really been praying about it, talking about it. Where's the Lord leading us after this series? Church, who are we? As we get into December, we're going to look at the mission of God as revealed in the Messiah. We're going to look in the Old Testament to see the, the deliverer, the savior that God has promised to come and what that means for us and the joy and the hope that brings. Then after December, January 8th, we're going to start a book of the Bible. We're going to go through it together, verse by verse. i are going to chew on it a little bit. We're going to let it digest and we're going to live it out as a community. It's the book of Philippians. So if you want to get a head jump on it. Philippians is where we're going next why because what we teach you matters our life is arranged around the word of God like he says the only authority is how we grow up and, and when the pastors are told shepherd the flock that is among you don't do it under compulsion and don't do it to make some money do it because you want to feed the flock do it because you want to care for those that God has entrusted To your care. And I got to tell you guys, this is why I love small groups. Shameless plug for small groups. Okay? Because this is where you all have a voice. And we're talking together. Hey, what are we learning? And you help me learn. You help me grow. I need to be part of a small group too. We work it out together. And then it's exciting to see what you guys go and do with it. Because we're a church that, that are doers of the word, not hearers only. So we meet Thursday nights in our home. Yeah, we get some good coffee or or water. Uh, if, you, if you don't drink coffee, we eat we some good desserts. We eat some good fellowship, and we get to hear each other's stories. But we help each other grow. Starts with the word. So you feed them. As shepherds, Pastor Dennis, we're called to lead them. That word episkopos. It means exercise oversight. Okay. So like a shepherd, making sure that the sheep are not about to walk off a cliff. To actually see, are there wolves forming in a pack on that hill over there? I'm not going to just carelessly lead the flock down a steep, rocky ravine and there's no grass at the end of it. There is care. There's intentionality. There's oversight. Have you ever been a part of a group where the leader had no oversight and didn't care what happened? That make you feel good? like, Like there's any value to your life or the project you were working on? Where's the leader? Like we don't want the leader to do all the work, but we want the leader to care. That's what that's what Peter's telling the pastors. We have to care. That should be a given, but I'm going to urge you anyways. You should be actively involved so that the community of faith is flourishing, flourishing in Jesus. That you they're using their gifts for Jesus. Like what can I uh, give for the flock? Instead of the often mindset which is what can I get out of the flock that should not be the mentality of a pastor or a spiritual leader like I said this is a message for all of us are you here just to get out or as you digest the word you realize I also want to care for others I want to see how others are doing after the service. You can make a beeline for your car, and first-time guests, I would totally understand it, right? You don't know us that well, you're trying to get to know us, I understand it. But if you've been coming here with us for a while, and you go straight to your car afterwards, I'm going to encourage you, shepherd those around you. Love them. See how they're doing. Care for the flock. Don't make someone twist your arm to engage in people's lives. People matter. People matter to God, people matter to us. You know, I, I used to work, I, I mentioned this a lot. I used to work in, in landscape and lawn care. And there's a lot of uh, rough characters you run into in that in that uh, occupation because you're just out pickup trucks all the day. You're working outside. And you're working with power tools and, and, you know, outdoor tools. And you don't really answer to a lot of people while you're out there. Just you and nature beautifying things. And I loved it. I love working outside. It was, it was beautiful and, and taught me a lot about, you know, even scripture, talking about, You know grass and horticulture and things but i worked with one guy who took advantage of the freedom that we had moving around from site to site he didn't respect the job he didn't respect the tools and the resources in fact one day he decided he was going to take one of the nice chainsaws from the workshop and go take it to his home to work on a personal project this is in Wisconsin. He didn't ask the boss for approval, which that's the big no-no. Then he crossed state lines and took it to Illinois. And I think it was, yeah, it was, it was his home outside of college. So guess what happens the next day when our work crew comes in and the boss is there and he wants to get us up for all of our jobs successfully that day. So he's get, helping us get the tools, he's telling us what the landscape, the layout, and, and we, we always have you know work order and descriptions for what we're doing, we go through it. He cannot find one of the chainsaws. It's the long chainsaw, the steel one, the really nice one. Where is it? He's looking around and around and finally one of the guys says, I don't know boss, but the one guy that's not here is Matt, maybe you wanna call him and see if he's seen it. Well sure enough, Matt has seen it, Matt has it across state lines. Because Matt had the chainsaw, we were not able to successfully do the job that day. It held up everybody else. It held up the customer. that was paying good money and, and expected a job to be done well. And it cost Matt his job. <laughs> so he, he did not come back and, and work after that. He just came back to bring back the chainsaw. And I couldn't help but think of that story this morning as I'm meditating on the word. And the church really is a team. And, and my role as a shepherd is not to use my gift and, and you all just kind of figure it out along the way. This isn't a come and sit church. This is a all hands on deck. We're all in this for the kingdom church. Your gifts matter just as much as mine. And my gifts are no more valuable than yours. In fact, I would argue if I'm using my gifts well for the glory of God, Everyone else will be equipped and using their gifts. So it's almost more important that you all are using your gifts because then that is evidence that God's word is actually coming from me to you because God's word is alive. There's life. There's hope. There's action. And by God's grace, the pastor is like a coach that nourishes and encourages and helps the team to live on mission together. And our mission is to fully devote ourselves to Jesus. We all need to be led. And also to go and find somebody who needs to know him. Go make followers of him. All of us together on mission. So pastors exercise oversight, not because you know, we've got an authority complex or, or anything like that, but because we want to help you all serve our king. And if we see that there is sin holding you back, trapping you, or, that, or there's false teachers that are gnawing on you, trying to get your soul off track, The loving thing for a shepherd to do is to come alongside and say, hey, I've got a concern about something. Or I see something in your life that I want want to point out because I care. I'm not going to just leave you to wander aimlessly. We love you. We want to shepherd you towards Jesus. This habit, this lifestyle is holding you back. And we encourage, we counsel, we exhort, to use that old word. And we all repent and we grow together by God's grace. So like I said, this message is for all of us. I hope you see that. We are the flock. We all need godly leadership. And some of us as we grow, God grows the opportunity underneath us and our sphere of influence to serve others. I want to ask you to raise your hand. And I know some of you have already stepped up in those leadership roles. Servant leadership is actually a core value of our church. And I pray that Pastor Dennis and I model that well. We're not going to ask you to do anything that we're not willing to do. But when God gives you an opportunity, do you have the character to step up and take it? Do you have the heart for the people to serve them? Are you willing to take that bold step of faith and try something new? Risk it because Jesus is worth it. We all can be shepherds, whether it's uh, helping someone just in their personal walk with Jesus one-on-one shepherding one another. If it's uh, a marriage that needs help, maybe it's spouse helping spouse or outside friends or, or small group members or a pastor come alongside and helping a marriage and encouraging you, helping you grow. Maybe it's someone who's hurt or traumatized. Now here's, here's a disclaimer. Pastor does not automatically, uh, um, I um want to say this. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I'm a licensed counselor or that I am a qualified therapist to deal with all the issues. Mental health struggles are real. Physical health struggles are real. Emotional health struggles are real. We can help you according to God's word and we pray for God's wisdom so that when difficult, complex situations arise, we can see what does the word say would be the next best step of action. It could be seeking the help of a professional. We're certainly never gonna tell you to stop taking medication. Okay. that's. Know our role. (laughs) We are shepherding the flock according to the will of God. That's our job. So do you feel this morning like you are a humble sheep willing to follow the voice of Jesus? Not my voice, but as I share the word, Jesus' voice speaking through me. And as he does, I want to encourage us all to take those steps together and when you do, you'll see there's someone on your left, there's someone on your right. A flock takes more than one sheep. Do you know people that are hurting and struggling and, and need to be brought into the fold? You know somebody, I'm sure you do, that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior? Somebody who's, who, who doesn't have a church home and is looking to find their place in? Do we invite them in? Do we love them in? Do we show them you can thrive here by knowing and doing the will of God? Pastor Dennis and I are working right now on an official covenant for our church where pastors take it on themselves that we will pledge. Here is what we will do for you for spiritual leadership and church will pledge. Here's how we will love one another. There's a commitment. And I think there needs to, I think that's healthy for a church. Otherwise, at the end of the day, when the flock is struggling, who do we look to? Who even is the flock? Who even are the shepherds? I think we should clarify that. I think we should joyfully covenant together for the glory of God. And i got to tell you, it really thrilled my heart the other day. We were sitting in a small group. That's why I love hearing what God's doing in your life in small small group. And I'm going to keep plugging it all day long. Because um, one of our ladies speaks up. And she says, you know what? Never before have I been a part of a church where I have felt so empowered to share the gospel. And i got to tell you, that's, that's probably the most thrilling thing I've ever heard in my life. Because the gospel works. And that means, Pastor Dennis and I, by God's grace, I don't, I don't know any other way, by God's grace, we are leading you towards Jesus. And you feel welcome to run to him, follow him, and do his will for your life. By God's grace, let's pray. Let's pray that God continues to raise up spiritual <laughs> leaders in our church who serve for his glory. And for the good of the flock. Just a few points of application. I'll be done. I'll invite the worship team to come up. And we'll sing a closing song together. But first of all, I think humility is something that our society really is lacking. I think it's something that before I came to Christ, I was really lacking. And I still struggle with. So I think today, maybe we all need a kick in the pants to be reminded. We're the sheep. None of us are the chief shepherd. Let's look to him. Let's follow him. Are you wandering a little bit? It's not a healthy place to be. Let's go back to him. Let's go back to our shepherd. Are you a part of a local church where there can be encouragement and community and relationships and service and, yes, accountability, that dreadful word, accountability, so we keep watch on one another, so that we're growing And we're not getting devoured by the world or the wolves. Are you allowing yourself to be shepherded? Do you welcome them? Do you value the flock of God, the people who are around you? Because that's Jesus' concern. Keep the buildings. Keep the budgets. I'm going to bring my people home. They're my first priority. Do we value the church that way? And I will encourage you, church, you're doing an awesome job of this. Keep it up. Watch out for those stray sheep. Pray for them. Pursue them. Care for them. If a pastor needs the, to help go with you, to talk to a friend who's struggling, however we can help, we are here. In fact, I even got a call this week at around bedtime. One of our church members was just burdened in her heart for some other church people who have walked away. They have not been around for quite some time. She's like, I feel like we need to pray for them. They are in a dangerous place, and I feel like they're getting swept up. I want you all to know that's the kind of church that we have here. It's not me talking. That's people calling, checking about each other, praying for each other. That's the flock of God. God be the glory for that. So as our worship team comes up, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I want to give you a minute to just talk to your shepherd. Or if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus. He's not your Savior. He's not your Shepherd. You don't even have a relationship with God. I want to let you know that God loves you and you're here this morning to hear that. That Jesus loved you so much, He gave up His life to save you from your sins. Will you receive Him today as your Savior and Shepherd? We'd love to talk to you about that. We'd love to counsel you about that. Pastor Dennis. Um, Actually, he'll be running the song slides. I'll be over here in the front. I'd be happy to talk to you or pull me to the side. I will share from the word how you can know you have a relationship with God. He can be your father. And if you and your family are struggling to connect this morning, whether with God or with others, where you're carrying a burden, you feel like you're not flourishing, maybe you feel like you're withering on the vine, I want to let you know you're here this morning for a reason. And we'd like to encourage you lift you up and pray for you. However the Lord leads you to respond, whether in your seat talking to the shepherd or with me, I'll give you just a moment to talk to the shepherd and then we'll sing together about our way maker leading us forward.